0: Well, it's good to see see you, as I said, and I don't know if any of you recognize that old, old song, but it's called Search Me, O God, and know my heart today. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me, O Lord, from every sin and set me free. Amen. Would you stand for the reading of the gospel today from the second chapter of St. Matthew? May Christ be in our thinking, in our speaking, and in our hearts. The 22nd chapter, verse 1 through 14. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves, but to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet but they were made light of it and went away, and one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets, Invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all of whom they found, both good and bad. But the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to them, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. This is one of those things Parables that Jesus was really on a roll in St. Matthew, and we uh, hear those stories and read them, and we think, Good Lord, some of that seems kind of harsh. Uh, and what is Jesus trying to say to us? Well, that's something we have to figure out. That's why he taught in parables. Uh, so we try to learn the principles and the truths that are in those stories. Perhaps you heard of the family that moved into the neighborhood and the little country church decided to reach out to the family. They arrived in the doorstep of the members of, uh, and the members of the church were surprised to find that the family had 12 kids and were for the most part quite poor. And King Duncan goes on to tell this nice little story they invited the family to the services and said goodbye later that week the church responded to their need they delivered a package to the family and said we want you to know that your entire family are welcome at our church we brought you these gifts and we want you to feel comfortable and at ease in our congregation we hope Uh, You can use these, and they left. And the family opened the package to find 14 suits of clothing, beautiful clothes for every member of the family. They'd probably made you happy. Sunday they came to the congregation, waited for the family, the church family did, and they waited and they waited, and they were waiting for this big large family to come into that little country church they had helped them out, and they thought, surely they would be there. We went out of our way to make sure they'll be there. And the family never showed. And wondered what could have possibly happened. And after lunch, the members of the church returned to the home and found the family just getting back, all dressed up in their nice new duty clothes. We don't mean to be nosy, said the folks from the church. But what happened? We came out here and gave you these nice clothes and thought you would show up in church because maybe you didn't feel like you had the right clothes or whatever. And we were wanting you to be in church this morning. And the leader of the church inquired all of those things. And then the dad spoke up and said, Well, we got up this morning intending to come. How many times have I heard that? and we sure do appreciate your invitation but after we showered we shaved and dressed and fixed our hair we looked so proper that we went to the episcopal church <laughs> that's a funny way of talking about a serious problem isn't it invitations are sent to many to come to church but so few people respond. It is quite frustrating. Many of you have reached out to your neighbors or your friends and asked them to come to church and you know all too well the disappointment how few respond. We know that we can reach out and reach out and reach out and just expect them to be there. They promise to be there. As I told you many times that I've preached so many funerals and did weddings through the years and folks said I grew up in that church. I said, you did? Well, where are you now? Oh, we're not really going anywhere. I promise you, I'll be there Sunday. Sunday comes. Not seeing anyone. We've all felt that frustration. We talk to our neighbors, we talk to those that we love, we share Jesus, we share the love of Jesus, we take food, we take clothes, we uh, go and weep with them, we hold their hand, we go to the hospital, we help them during their funerals, we help them uh, get through the grief, we help them do all of these things. And so, so few respond. And it's not unique to faith, the United Methodist Church or the United Methodist Church. That's true everywhere. We're told that Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and the chief priests in a parable. He was trying to tell them something a little different. He said that the kingdom heaven may be compared to a king who was giving a wedding banquet for his son. The reception that was given was immense. You've all been to the wedding receptions and you know how they can get out of hand. You know, it's all hoity-toity at the service, and then they get to the reception, and you, you know, have a little champagne and wine, and you know other mixed uh, things flowing, and people get uh, a little happy and start dancing, and and it's a time of rejoicing and celebration. And so, imagine one thrown by a king for his son. Invitations are sent to all the friends of the family, but they all turn down. The invitation. They're too busy to attend. Now, think about what I just said. The king sent an invitation and they turned down the invitation because they were too busy with their business and their family. What would you do if Queen Elizabeth II sent you a letter from Buckingham Palace and said, You are invited to? some event uh, in London or something that may be going on here in America on behalf of Her Majesty. Would you go? More likely we would go. It's hard to believe that a king sends an invitation. And the king that is spoken about in this parable is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is what uh, Jesus is trying to say to us. The king invites everyone on the streets and in the marketplaces, the dining hall is filled with guests, and there's a problem. It just so happens that as the king is mixing and mingling with the guests, he sees a man not wearing the appropriate wedding attire, because after the first group turned down, he sent out another invitation and said, we'll make sure that that you have everything that you need. I compel you to come. But then... There's one wearing possibly an old, tattered robe, obviously the garb that he wore every day in his street clothes. And the question was asked, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And the man was speechless, so the king had him bound and tossed into a place in outer darkness. And Jesus concludes the parable with these solemn words, Many are called you were chosen. On the face of the story, as I said, it sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? You know, the first group didn't come. They could have come. They were the top notch. And then he sent out clothes and sent out an invitation and said, we'll take care of whatever you need. And this guy shows up and he's not wearing the proper wedding garment. And the king is a bit offended. The ending of the story pronounces tough judgment for this young man. who shows up without the proper wedding attire. If that troubles you, let me point out the beginning of the story. In the beginning, everyone is invited, as I said. Let's look at the parable about a king who sends out invitations to his son's wedding. And at first it's an exclusive party, and then he makes it an inclusive party. And the blue blood's turned it down and they stub the king, but oddly enough, not only did they stab the king, they killed the king's servants. Who were they? They sent this invitation. And there was some members only, it looked like. So, pardon me. I hate those little tops. I'm going to have to give me a glass of here. But this guy shows up. And he's not dressed properly. He snuck in, basically. But who was, who was Jesus talking about? <clears throat> he wasn't talking about the poor. He was talking about the Pharisees. It wasn't so much that his, they had nice robes and had all of these nice things. But they wanted to sneak in and do things their way they didn't follow what Jesus had said Jesus had told them they needed to renounce their business renounce what they thought was right that, that they needed to love each other they needed to go out and and go to the sinners and invite those that are disenfranchised those that are not uh, well thought of And then this guy comes in um uh, looking like one of those but actually most would say that this parable was talking about those trying to sneak into the kingdom that were not that really were religious but they wanted to look otherwise they so jesus knows the hearts of men and women so all are invited And they respond, that small group. But if they had listened to the story closely, they would have heard the part about the guy who came to the reception without proper attire and was consequently thrown out. The doors are all open to everyone, but the king reserves the right to choose who can stay. I believe Jesus was warning us that we must be properly prepared. You see, the story was not unfamiliar to Jesus' listeners. There was a story during Jesus' day that was told by rabbis, and it went like this. There was a king who invited his guests to a feast without telling them the exact date and time. But he did tell them that they must wash and anoint and clothe themselves, themselves, that they might be ready when the summons came. The wise prepared themselves at once and took their places waiting at the palace door. But they believed in a palace, a feast could be prepared so quickly that there would be no long warning. The foolish believed that it would take a long time to make the necessary preparations and they would have plenty of time. So they went to the the mason of his time, the potter of his clay, the smith to his furnace, the fuller to his uh, bleaching ground, and they went on with their work. Then suddenly the summons of the feast came without any warning. The wise were ready to sit down, and the king rejoiced over his guest. There they ate and they drank who had not arrayed themselves in their wedding garments to stand outside, sad and hungry. They could only look on at the joy they had lost. What is Jesus saying here? That there is so much joy that is to be found in his church, with his people, that we should always be prepared and that we should always Not put other things ahead, but be ready. Andrew read from Philippians today. And what did the Apostle Paul say? Rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Joy is what God wants for us. God invites us to come to the banquet. Sends out to compel all to come. Not to worry, but to pray. Well, we have obst- obstacles to real joy. There are a lot of obstacles these days, aren't they? All we have to do is turn on the TV, read the papers, listen to what people say, on and on. We have obstacles. But we have a tough time finding real peace. I was talking with a friend about uh, finding peace the other day. I was talking to him, and he said that he was... Diagnosed with a high case of anxiety and with PTSD. And no wonder, I said to him, you have an invisible army, a virus that you can't see since you've come to America. We have racism because he's of another race. That may be subtle, but he also comes from the Middle East and fought for the United States Army there but yet it has been totally looked at with suspicion. His anxiety rises. He can't even go back home for fear of being killed. Would I give you anxiety? It would me. Post-traumatic stress grew up in a world that was full of war and then dedicated himself for a better life and then actually drove an Uber car, and some folks saw that he was from Afghanistan in the midst of all of the thing, and they said, stop the car immediately. They wanted out. And he was hired by the United States Army and wore the U.S. Army, and was brought here for his service, offered a new life, God offers us all a new life. We all have our things that make us uncomfortable. So how do we find joy? We are mistreated very often. People do things that we don't like. The world is not like we want it. We fight an invisible army. This this virus is, is floating around here and, and, and we don't see it. We can't even see the enemy. We see unrest among the races and we see... Political uh, arguments that just are crazy. People fighting against each other without any sense of reconciliation. The church torn apart. The local churches, the church in general, our denomination. And we can't come to the wedding feast and rejoice in the Lord. Which is what God calls us to do. That we are his children and the king has invited us to his banquet. And wants us to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the salvation that has been given to us. But all we can do is turn aside and see differences. Something is wrong with us. We need to pray. And persevere and overcome in the end with the king of kings and the lord of lords god's reign is forever it doesn't matter what Sid Chapman thinks or anyone else in this building or in this world because there is only one god and there is only one purpose, and there is only one savior who died for each and every one of us the same sir savior regardless of what we think or what we belong to or what we believe, it's the still the same savior sent from God to save each and every one of us and to bring us into that relationship to rejoice in him. So it's up to us. We can get on our good clothes and go somewhere else. But Jesus says, come. Jesus says, go out into the byways and tell them to come. We you say, preacher? They don't come. Well, you've done your part. The rest is up to God. Like that parable, that rabbinic parable, like Jesus tells the duty of preparedness and the summons of God and the garments stand for the preparation that must be made. Let me ask, what will you be wearing? What will you be wearing to the king's reception? What will I be wearing? It worries me sometimes. Do we make the right choices? Do we have enough love? Do we... Do sometimes not know how to keep our mouths shut or do we sometimes not know when to speak? Do we sometimes not know how to love and show love and show forgiveness? Let me ask, will you be wearing the king's? What will you be wearing at the king's reception? Will it be the garments, the proper garments? The invitation's gone out. The time has come that we suggest the words of the Apostle Paul. That you close yourself, clothe yourself with Christ upon the King's greeting. You will be able to get in. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Don't grumble and complain and find fault and find a way to cause confusion and find a way to make other people a little uncomfortable. Don't find a way to be overly. Uh, run over or whatever find a way to live in peace and in harmony and find a way to hear the word of the Lord that's being spoken to each and every one of us that we can all walk together with the Lord because when we walk with the Lord in the light of his truth in the joy of his love when we trust and obey and do what God has called us to do, we can all realize that we are one family bound together by the love of God with bonds that cannot be broken. I don't know about you, but I want to be following that path. Do I always obtain it? Nope. Do I sometimes forget whose I am and Who I am and where I want to go. That's why we have to search our hearts and know God. You see, we think sometimes it's a one and done thing. But we have to continually search our hearts. And see if we're listening to God and if we're knowing God. My goodness. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) We have to continuously be in prayer and be open to the Holy Spirit to guide us. And sometimes things, let me tell you, a lot of things I thought 20 years, 30 years ago when I was in college, I don't, I don't, I don't even, there you go. Because they were told to me and I took them as ironclad truth. But I found that God is bigger than... It's like I was talking to Andrew about communion last week. There are a lot of folks that won't even have communion because you can't do it the traditional way. But I said I believe God's big enough to bless all these elements that we have. If it's in a grape juice pouch and a cracker, or whatever. If we're doing it for the right purpose and then the spirit in which it's meant God's presence is there. If we're here in this church, in the spirit of which it's meant, we're doing God's bidding. If we're sharing with our neighbors, if we're loving those, if we're listening and seeking to find God's will. And one thing I've always, that I, I have also found that my idea is not always God's will. My thinking has to get in tune with God. And that we as human beings and we as the body of Christ, we all have to do our functions. We're hands, we're feet, we're organs, we're Christ is the head. We are his hands, his eyes, his mouth, his feet. Come to the banquet, folks. Hear the invitation. We get discouraged, we get where we just think we can't keep going and keep doing. But Jesus tells us through the Apostle Paul to rejoice. 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 Can you rejoice this morning? Do you feel joy in your heart? Do you feel a peace in your heart? Do you feel God moving in your heart? Are you willing to let God move in your heart and in your life? That's what he's calling us to do. That is the invitation. Oh God, make us instruments of your peace and make us instruments of all that you would have us to do. Take our lives and let it be. Search us, oh God, and find if there's some unwilling, unholy way that is not pleasing to you that we might do your will through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. The closing hymn is Trust, Obey, when we walk with the Lord. Number 467. Andrew, can you help lead? Y'all sing out. Oh, I couldn't hear you last time. Oh, I forgot we changed it. i You've got to remind me of that. Let us stand together as we proclaim the confession of our Christian faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, then buried. The third day rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, Redemption shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and forever shall be, world without end. Amen and Amen. Let us Stand and sing.